You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author Constance Arnold delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today, I am broadcasting from Simply Magnificent Atlanta, Georgia. Guess what? I'm so excited that you are joining me today from all over the world. And I'm going to say with all of the faith that's on the inside of me, that I believe that your life will never be the same after listening to the show today. Well, how are you doing? Uh, I pray that you're having a a great day. It is hot in Hotlanta. You know, that's our nickname here. Uh, They call us Hotlanta because it gets so hot. Uh, It is summertime and the living is easy. Well, I am doing really well here uh, in Atlanta. Have a great show for you. Uh, My guest today is Jennifer Longmore, and she's going to be talking about how to heal your your money issues or how to heal your money story. And Jennifer went from zero to to $20 million in real estate assets. And so she's going to be sharing from her book, Healing Your Money Story. And speaking of healing, I want to thank all of you for praying for my brother. He is still in the the hospital uh, as I record this show. Uh, They are not going to do a heart bypass with him so they they are in the process of finding meds that would uh, work for him so that's where we are with that thank you guys for praying for him for praying for my family uh, it really meant a lot to me you see that's why we need each other you know there's no such thing as independence or are dependent. Really what God wants is interdependence where we depend on each other. Okay, uh, let's see here. Social media. You can uh, check me out on social media, clarna 11 for Instagram, for Facebook, Coach with Constance, and for Twitter, L-O-A Constance. And of course, you can uh, go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com, and check out some of the people who have coached with me for years. You've heard some on my show. Uh, just click on my blog, and you can look at some of the videos. And somebody asked me, well, where do I start? Can I start with one session? And I say, yes, you can. You can start with one session, and then another session, and then then another Uh, And really right now I'm helping people to really uh, get clear about what they want. And maybe they have this big, big, big vision and I'm helping to break it down into small, measurable 
uh, components of baby steps so they won't seem so overwhelmed. I'm also assisting people who know that they have a higher purpose. They're like, God, I know there's more to life than just going to work and coming home. So check me out. If you feel like you really vibe with me, uh, then I am your girl. Uh, I'm not only a law of attraction coach, but I have the credentials to back it. Master's level of therapist for 25 years. And plus, I combine my spirituality and my behavior mod uh, ingredients. And um, I feel that that is really why I've been able to help and train over 10,000 people during my career. Okay, let's see. And I'm thanking you in advance for your gift to the Think But Even Manifest talk show. Uh, so many of you have taken advantage of the $20 offer where Pete, Pete Adams says that if you make a $20 donation to my show, that he will send you the, his book, his new book, and also ship it to you. So while you're on fulfillingyourpurpose.com, I'm thanking you in advance just click that beautiful donate button and you're helping me to really change the lives of people all over the world. So I want to share a little bit about my money story and how I healed or changed my money story. I received this email and it said, Constance, can you please share how you manifested your abundance? What did you do? I've heard you talk about it uh, in small segments, but I want to hear the whole story. Oh, this person is nosy, huh? <laughs> did you have rituals? Uh, what did you do when it looked like nothing was happening? Just sort of break it down for me. You know, you're really great at that. Well, I am. So let me tell you how I healed my money story. And everybody has their own pathway. But for me, you know, growing up African-American, um, I had never seen money or abundance. You know, my father went to the ninth grade. He was a common labor laborer. My mother used to clean homes. And but my we owned our own land and our own property. So on the on the inside of my dad, he was always very wealth conscious. He had uh, me and my two brothers, we started our own business. I had like a snow cone business. Y'all Google that if you're too young to know what that is. We lived close to a state park and I would sell snow cones. So I think that sort of got on the inside of me. And of course, you guys know I went to college because we were taught the only way to get ahead is to to go to college and get your degrees. And I got two. By the time I was 22, I had my master's in counseling. And how many of you all know just because you got two degrees don't mean you're going to have abundance of wealth in your life. And all of you know I love God. I love spirit. So it's not just about money for me, but it's money with a purpose. So I remember when I was in college, I had the consumer mentality. You know how when you're in college, they send you credit cards. Why did they do that when they know college students don't really have the money? So they sent me the credit cards and I, they were probably for two or three hundred dollars. And I immediately spent all of that money. And at that time, I didn't realize it, but I had a consumer spending mentality, didn't know a lot about investing, didn't know anything about investing. 
So my belief was, I'm talking about my money story, that I had to marry a man with money. So honey, if you didn't have any money, I didn't even date you. So I did marry a man with money, but I never changed my own consciousness. And when we divorced, I remember how angry I was because I had not signed a prenup. And once again, I was struggling financially because you got to remember that whatever your consciousness is, which is your beliefs, uh, your your words, the images that you have about your life. That's what your outer world is going to look like. I love God. I went to church. But and and I knew poverty wasn't right. Have you ever like gone on a vacation and you seen how beautiful and blue the water is and you're like, wow, this is a God of abundance. And you know that struggling just is not the will of God for your life. And, you know, I knew that, but I didn't know what to do. So, you know, just I, I, I started thinking and and about wealth a lot. And, you know, on the outside, you know, I really wanted abundance. All of us do. And, uh, you know, I used to travel first class, beautiful cars, great friends, designer clothes, spent a lot of money, made a lot of money, but spent a lot of money, still did not know a lot about investing. And I didn't realize it, but just spending, spending, spending was really a scarcity and lack mentality. And then after I had just made all of this money and I looked around and I didn't have any, I'm like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? So I I began to heal my money store. I began to shift. And so I didn't know it at the time, but this is what I did. You know, I just knew in my heart that that poverty was not the will of God. So I just began to look around my life, my father, my mother, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles. And growing up, you know, there was a lot of lack, not enough, et cetera, even though my dad did have a a wealth consciousness. So consciously, I knew I wanted to be wealthy and help people. But my blueprint was one of lack struggling. You got to work hard. Uh, If you are African-American, you got to work twice as hard. You got to be smarter. That was just my thinking at the time. So the first thing I did, which I didn't know at the time, was I just began to take a look at scripture. What is God saying about this? And, you know, the scripture that really uh, vibrated with me was, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm like, okay, then look at this abundant universe. What's going on? So I had to renew my mind and change my mindset around money. And I did that by reading books and by renewing my mind. Uh, I I listened to cassette tapes. Some of y'all are too young to even know what that is. Google it. Cassette tapes, videos on wealth and success. I renewed my mind. I I was not casual about it. I was really immersed and saturated in people like Catherine Ponder, uh, Think and Grow Rich, etc. Remember, Bob Proctor said that he has read Think and Grow Rich for 40 years. What is he doing? He's immersing himself and changing his beliefs. So that's what I did. So it was incremental for me. It did not happen overnight. Uh, the next thing I did was I began to change my words. 
my affirmations and my declarations around the new truth that I was immersing myself into. Uh, you know, I began to call things that I wanted into my life. The Bible calls it calling those things that be not as though they are. So what was I doing? I was aligning and allowing myself uh, to become aligned with wealth. I found certain scriptures and affirmation that vibrated with me. I would meditate on, I would say them out loud, I would soak in them. What do I mean by soak? Thinking about it and feeling it. Uh, I knew that speaking the word activated what you wanted. So I, you know, I just began to do that. I began to have Im images. I did a, a, vis a vision board before vision boards were cool. <laughs> I had them all over my house. And one day a friend came to me and she said, Constance, did you know that the picture in your office is on your vision board is an exact replica of your bedroom? And I went in my bedroom. I had never noticed that because the house that I was living in at the time was built in the 1900s. And so all of the features in the house were really unique. And and so, you know, that was just so interesting to me. And, and so I just visualized it and I had vision boards all over my house. And of course, you know, you know, you guys were I was talking about um, really declaring and decreeing. I want to go back to that just a little bit. I began to declare and decree. I started very general because I couldn't believe I am rich. I am wealthy at first. I started with stuff like God loves me and he adores me and he desires for me to have an abundant life. Uh, I started with small things like I am open and receptive to all of the wealth in the universe. Uh, I remember I used to say I am an unlimited being accepting from an unlimited source in an unlimited way. So I started just like that, but I was consistent because I realized that things obey words. You know, you know, the example of Jesus speaking to the tree, I always say money has an ear. So in my mind, I was declaring and calling money to me. So gradually over the years, as my consciousness changed, my money changed. All right. So I begin to imagine it. I begin to see it. I begin to feel it. And then I, I started off. You guys know my ninety nine thousand dollar contract and then one hundred and twenty five thousand and then one fifty and then two hundred thousand. And so you, can you see how incremental uh, that my abundance began to come into my life? And I'm glad it did because. I was learning and renewing my mind to investing, saving, and tithing. One thing I did, you don't have to do it. I began to tithe 10 and sometimes 20% of what I earned. And not to get God to bless me, but because I was so blessed and I wanted to give back. I sponsored certain events, certain trainings, people, etc. And I just believe, you know, like the Bible says that if I would declare God's word or declare truth, that it would come back to me because I realized that my beliefs and my words affected everything. So, you know, I changed my belief, changed my words. I had certain images. I would go and look at stuff even when I didn't have any money. I'm like, 
it don't take any money to look, does it? I would just go window shopping. So I changed my beliefs, my words, my images. I renewed my mind. I took massive action. I mean, because after one or two or three or four or five years, I'm like, I'm going for it. I wrote proposals. I had never done that. I reached out to people and tried new things. I started speaking. I developed training modules. I had never done that. I tried ventures and I failed at them. So for me, it was not about money. I was changing my consciousness so that I could what live an abundant lifestyle overall. So my money story began to change just slowly. And so looking back on it now, I can see that what did I do? I changed my beliefs around money and God and spirit. I immersed myself in it. I lived in it. I abided in it. It was incremental shifts and changes. It didn't happen overnight. I renewed my mind and my thinking about an abundant life. And so that sort of took my focus off of what was. I used to do my affirmations and declare and decree two to three times every day. I was sending it out to the universe and it would come back to me over time. I was consistent until, you know, wealth and abundance became my dominant belief. I just knew on the inside of me, even though a lot of churches were saying, well, you know, you know, you, if, you, if you get too much money, you're going to get the big head. I just knew looking at the universe, it was God's will for me to be abundant. So I aligned my beliefs, my words, my images, you know, and I took massive action. I took really gigantic risk. I, I also believe for ideas, invention, solutions to be downloaded to me so that I could really uh, come up with some great ideas and really help people because my whole mantra was money with a purpose. I just didn't want money, but I wanted money with a purpose. Can everybody see that? And and what I did was once I changed and began to abide in wealth consciousness, the outside became an exact replica of that. So that meant that over time I was able to travel and help people and do things. And even to this day, I do the same thing. I immerse myself, the image of my mind, what I'm reading, what I'm thinking, what I'm speaking, and the action that I take in the areas of wealth, health, purpose, etc. So that's how I change my money story. And really, if you want to break it all the way down, it really just boils down to who I am in God. I believe that God is in me and that all of heaven and all of earth is attracted to the spirit that's in me. And so that's my money story. And gradually uh, to the listener who wanted me to share that, I probably left out some details, but but it's just day by day knowing, which I didn't know at that time, that you have a loving spirit. You have angels. You have invisible forces. You have people that God has lined up for you to really um uh, to work with you and to help you. And as I always say, all you need is one person that really likes you, that opens a big door for you.
Hey guys, that's my money story. <laughs> that's my money healing story and it's still changing and I'm sticking to it. Uh, so let's go to these quick commercials and then we're going to come back and hear what Jennifer has to say about how to change or how to heal your money story. So stay tuned, everybody. Are you planning a motivational or training event for your company or organization? Look no further. Constance Arnold is an experienced, dynamic, and inspirational speaker and trainer. Constance has helped thousands and has a proven track record of 25 years as a keynote and leadership trainer for both private and public sector. Constance provides the latest cutting-edge breakthrough transformational principles that will align with your organization's vision. Participants will receive specific how-tos for both personal and professional empowerment. Contact Constance and partner with her to begin creating your next successful event. Her website is www.fulfillingyourpurpose.com and email is Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies, projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, hello, everyone, and I'm back and uh, really excited about my guest today. My very special guest is Jennifer Longmore, a soul purpose expert, and she is the author of Heal Your Money Story. And don't we want to know that she is a three-time best-selling author and is world-renowned for her laser-like clarity in seeing into the depths of your soul and bridging your connection to universal consciousness. And I really love the way that that sounds. I've spoken with Jennifer personally behind the scenes. I like her. I like her spirit. <laughs> she's really smart. And she's going to talk to us about money. So Jennifer Longmore, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio <laughs> Network. Thank you, Constance. I'm really excited to be here. And we're laughing because you guys don't even know. <laughs> Only God got at this recording today because, you know, uh, technical difficulties, but it's all good, Jennifer. And you're calling from what city? Uh, Toronto. For my international listeners, Toronto, Canada. And yeah. so uh, let's just get started. So, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your money story, and then we are going to uh, get into some of the principles in your book. Okay. Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it all started when? Uh, well, I remember being a child and my parents, if I would ask for something, and I wasn't asking for anything unreasonable, but I would ask for something and they would take me to the kitchen window and point outside and say, do you see a money tree growing out there? And that was a very, very common question and a rhetorical question, right, in my home. 
Right. And uh, so I grew up believing, okay, well, you money's rarely available, and if it is, it's going to have to grow on it for me. <laughs> and I also saw my parents working hard for the sake of working hard because that's what a good human being does. And that would, that's what makes us worthy of not only having money, but keeping what we have, right? So I know those are common beliefs and that's why I share them because that really set the course for where I was going. And there was always a part of me as a kid that was curious about money and I loved counting my dad's change and his junk drawer and I had a Fisher Price uh, cash register and I was very fascinated by the energy of money. But uh, it wasn't until I had this epiphany when I was working as a forensic investigator thinking, oh my goodness, like I love my job, but this is not sustainable for the next 40 years. There's no way I'm going to be able to work this hard just to make enough to get by or not quite making enough to get by. There's got to be a better way. And that set me on a whole course of entrepreneurship. And now here I am, you know, teaching other people how to shift their own money story as well. And so Jennifer... You know, uh, you know, I, I I chat with everybody before I interview them, and I jokingly said the only person I didn't do that was with Jack Canfield, and I guess I, could let, <laughs> I guess I could let Jack get away with that. And so when we were talking, she said, "Well, Constance, you know, I went from not a lot to twenty million dollars." I said, "Jennifer, did you say twenty million million, or is there something wrong with the connection?" Uh, on my iPhone. And so she's not just giving you something in theory, you're actually living it. Is that correct, uh, Jennifer? Yeah, well, 20 million in real estate assets. I don't have that in my actual wallet right now. But um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it privately that the thing that I had to do, and I really didn't understand this, I heard many people saying this, but what I learned to do was a let God take care of God side of things instead of trying to make everything happen on my own. And I had to learn how to delegate. And that was the easiest money I've ever made. And I don't mean that in a very flippant kind of way, just more understanding that it's actually the easier or the more you can get out of your own way and allow other people to support your vision, the more zeros are going to show up at the end of your you know, paycheck, because that's how we're designed to be on this planet. We're not designed to live in bubbles and be in isolation and try and do it all on our own. We're meant to connect with other human beings because of what we get to give them and what they get to give us and so on and so on. So you talk about money is infinite. What do you mean by that? Well, that's a great question. If, if God is an infinite being and you and I are extensions of God and money and trees and all the rest of it are extensions of God, we all share the same DNA. And so if we're designed to be infinite beings and have infinite capacity and be able to tap into an infinite consciousness, then it only makes sense that money is the same vibration. So we just need to learn. Well, we don't even have to learn. We have to remember how to speak the language of money because we already have access to the wisdom of money, you know, on a very cellular level. So, so what is the language of money? Give me an example of what you mean by that. <laughs> well, money, for example, you know, people like to make money wrong and money is just a magnifier. It's just a neutral energy. It only becomes what we choose it to become. So people, one of people's fears is that they're going to become an evil person if they allow more money because we hear that. And we also see that. And we see that by way of some of our public figures and um, from politicians and so on, the kind of things that happen because of money and greed. So people assume that that's going to be the case all the time. 
and then, uh, you know, they block it from coming in. When we understand that money simply magnifies the qualities that are already there, it's a lot easier to, you know, let it in and understand what it's there to teach us. Well, you know, the number one question I get from people all over the globe is, how can more money come into my life? How can I attract more money? Because all of us know we feel it when we don't have it, that this is not right. It's not God, etc. So, so mm-hmm. you talk about money pain and where does money pain come from? Expound on that for listeners. Oh boy. <laughs> I've coached, you know, I, I don't know if we talked about this already, but I've coached over 30,000 people on sole purpose. And the reason I got into the money conversation was because that was the number one thing people kept saying as to why they couldn't live their purpose. And in that are a whole bunch of stories that people have around where their money pain comes from and what holds them back. For example, if someone grows up with an alcoholic parent and the alcoholic parent is spending all the money on alcohol and there's never any money for food and people have to make iceberg lettuce and peanut butter sandwiches. And that's a true story they learn a lot about money or they think they learn a lot about money from that experience. Or if that same alcoholic parent goes into that child's uh, piggy bank and keeps stealing money to go and buy alcohol, then that person learns that, well, why bother having money if someone's just going to come along and take it from me anyways? Or, you know, I could go on and on and on about the stories. But what happens is as kids, we don't have perspective the same way we do as adults. So when things happen as kids, we say, okay, well, if my parents are doing this or my teacher or whoever, then everyone in the world must be like this. And if this is happening now, it's probably going to continue to happen. So we brace for the past continually repeating itself, even though it actually doesn't. And we respond to things as though they're already happening. And so that's why we hold ourselves back to let money in because it's, it keeps poking at that wound. So we won't know it's poking at that wound because it's, because it's unconscious. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And so people right now who are listening, you know, who saying, wow, I really need more money. I've been visualizing, listening to mm-hmm. Constance. Uh, I've been meditating. I got my vision board, but still nothing is happening. What would you mm-hmm. say to them? Well, I would say that there could be some uh, cellular memory from other lifetimes that maybe holds people back, times of poverty or times of, again, people stealing or being killed for having more than other people or things like that. Uh, Definitely looking at what is my parental programming? What did I learn about money? Not even because of what I was told, but what I observed. And what did I also see? How did I also see my parents handling money and what kind of things happened to them? Because we tend to think that, oh, well, if it happened to my parents, it'll happen to me. I hear that a lot from entrepreneurs who have parents that, you know, failed. I say that in quotations around their business, and then they think they're going to end up just like one of their parents. So that there's that. And then additionally, there's a lot of... I don't think people realize how much we get programmed by billboards and TV and it's all kinds of magazines, reality television. There's all kinds of places that keep reinforcing without directly saying it, that we're not enough until we're not enough until we have the type of purse. Oh, you'll be a better human being and more people will like you if you drive this car. And You know, the programming is just constant about being too much or not enough. So we really want to check in and say, where are we focusing our energy? Okay, so you've mentioned energy a couple of times. So uh, 
expound on energy and what role does that play in bringing more wealth and money into our lives? That's a great question. I believe we all have a personal frequency, and when we're really vital, our frequency is really high, our energy is really high. If someone were to actually measure it, it would come up at a certain scale. And uh, when our energy is not high, we attract things that match that as well. So, for example, someone that's making $2,000 a month is not necessarily having the same vibration as someone that's making $10,000 a month. And it's not because there's anything wrong with that person or because they can't figure it out. It's because they're unknowingly focusing their energy and their attention and their mindset on lack rather than, you know, what they do have. So we really want to take ourselves out of the too much, not enough continuum. And that's using language like I'm too tired. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not thin enough. I hear that a lot, by the way. Or, you know, even buying into other people, you're too loud or you're too successful or you're too cocky, <laughs> whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We really want to be mindful of not getting trapped in that in that continuum because that is scarcity consciousness. That's poverty consciousness whenever we buy into lack. And, uh and so we, it, you know, mindset is one of those things we have to be diligent about. I call it the monkey mind and monkeys. If you've ever been to a zoo, like to pick up their own poo and fling it. Right. I didn't know so when that. I use that image. Ooh. Oh yeah. I've actually spent a day with monkeys. I love monkeys, but they're, they're cheeky little buggers at times and they really are not the most <laughs> and they have very interesting play practices. And one of them literally is picking up poo and flinging it. But when I give people that image, of the monkey mind, right? And that's what the monkey mind is doing. It's flinging poo in your face. And it's cute and it's cuddly. So you think, oh, monkey mind, I, I like you. But actually, you don't appreciate, you know, the flinging. And we, we have to use that analogy, right, to understand, okay, what's actually happening when we let the monkey mind run the show instead of letting our higher self run the show, instead of letting our intuition and our heart and those gut feelings we get to move towards something or to move away from something. Anyone I've ever talked to that's had a financial windfall and or a financial stressor has had an intuitive download about what they should or shouldn't do and they didn't honor it. And that kind of stuff can snowball. Well, you okay, the example that you gave that a person who's making $2,000 has a different energy than someone making mm-hmm. 10000 So should the person making 2000 in order to get out of the scarcity mindset, begin to think about 3000 4000 5000 What would I do if I had 6000 What yeah. would that look like? Exactly. That's a great, that's exactly what I have people do. And I even have people think bigger than that. One of the really great things I love to do, and I do it with myself about every quarter, I still do this to this day, is I write out, okay, where do I believe I don't have enough money to do something? Because we all have a money story. It's just a matter of managing it. It never goes away. It's just a matter of how healthy we can make it. So I'll write out, you know, where do I feel I don't have enough money to do X? And then where do I not have enough time to do X? And where do I not have enough um, energy to do X? And when we start to see that list piling up, when it's in your face like that, you can't help but notice that, wait a minute, that looks like a whole page of illusions that I'm running. I need to clear those illusions. And I need to get into alignment with universal truth about what money actually is and what it isn't. 
because I know that people have already done this kind of stuff. People who have come before me have done this stuff. So this consciousness is already in God's consciousness, right? How to make a million dollars or how to, you know, attract a high paying job or whatever it is people want to do. We need to learn how to get clear on what the monkey mind is that's holding us back and then flip it, right? We don't want to hang out in there and just keep going on about what's wrong. It seems counterintuitive, but we have to highlight where we believe the deficits are so that we can start rewriting the story. So then we can literally start writing out, I have more than enough energy to, you know, invest in a photo shoot for my website. I'm just making that up on the spot, but you get what I'm saying, right? I love that. I have more than enough time to do whatever. And then the other thing I have people do is write out all of the things that you have on at least some level believe that you're not enough of. So I hear a lot of, I'm not ready to do speaking gigs, or I'm not ready to do video, or I'm not ready to do X until I lose 10 pounds. So every time we reinforce the lack of I'm not thin enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not handsome enough, or, you know, whatever, it just reinforces that lack mentality. And that is, again, poverty consciousness. So if you believe I'm not qualified enough to do X, I'm not thin enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not likable enough, I'm not lovable enough, I'm not worthy enough, and you just keep writing it out. You can hear my energy, right? It's dipping. I'm trying to keep it up as I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm not enough because it's, we're not designed to focus on where we're lacking. Those are all just fear-based behaviors that we learn really well <laughs> from society and our parents and our teachers and so on. And, and so, uh, so we talked about a scarcity mindset, and I'm so glad that you include that it's not just around money or time mm-hmm. or you know or or, or, or other things. But, so, how would listeners begin to shift from scarcity to an abundance mindset? Let's mm-hmm. use let's use that person again who you mentioned uh, makes two thousand dollars. How can they begin to shift that in addition to what you've already shared to an abundant mindset? Absolutely. So, one of the greatest gifts that we can do for manifestation, and in this case around money, but really this applies to anything we want to manifest, is start to write out your manifestations as though they're already happening. Mm-hmm. So, and I like to be a little bit. I'll say cocky about it. And I don't mean that in an ego way, but more of a get myself fired up way. So I might Mm -hmm. say, you know, of course a million dollars is flowing to me this month. I'm a money magnet and I, you know, deserve everything that I call to me, right? Do I actually walk around talking like that? No, but I'm, I'm kind of creating a commanding energy to God, right? In a way that says, yeah, I'm ready for this. Like, I feel good about this. I'm boosted up. And we, we really have to change our vibe about how we talk about these things. So the brain doesn't know the difference between our current reality and our future reality. Whatever we feel and believe, it acts as though it's already true. So when we're acting as though our future is already here, then uh, that's when things can show up. And additionally, we talk a lot about gratitude, right? And I'm sure people have heard enough gratitude statements out the wazoo, right? And they think, oh, gratitude isn't getting me anywhere. Well, it does. And we want to take that to the next level and start being grateful for things that are on its way. Mm -hmm. So if I, for example, want to hire a new team member, 
and I, I kind of have an idea of what I'm looking for. But of course, my monkey mind is going to jump in and say, oh, you probably can't find someone that great. Or, oh, you can't probably find someone who's affordable or whatever, right? My monkey mind is going to try and chatter at me. And so I'll write it out as a gratitude statement as though it's already happening. I'm so excited to be working with my new team member. They surprise and delight me every day. And I'm so grateful to God that they brought me this person to help, you know, make my business easier so that I can serve more people. That's a great example. You don't know this, but I just talked just what you said last, last week on my show. And so I'm so glad that people are hearing it again, just in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I know people are saying, oh, God, not gratitude again. I know. Hey, look, I got to pay my mortgage. How in the world is gratitude going to really help bring more money into my life? I can hear that. I can hear you guys in Europe saying that. But that, that yeah. was a great example that you gave. So, you know, you mentioned having um, uh, an abundant mindset and really writing it uh you know, as if you already had, I know you told me you mm-hmm. just moved in your dream home. Did you, do, yes. did you do that to attract your dream home or? I kind of did. Yeah, that's a great question. I, years ago though, I created a vision board and I energized it all the time. And then life changed and having a home wasn't important to me anymore. I was on my own and uh, I was traveling a lot and I really didn't want the hassle of having to look after a home. And so things kind of pivoted. But I always had that image of one day when I meet my divine life partner, my true soulmate, we're going to get a house together and this is what it's going to look like. And it wasn't until we were sleeping here for maybe the first or second night that I looked around and I had this huge deja vu moment and we all know those are where everything collided together. And I went, Oh my goodness, I'm living in my dream home. Mm. I wouldn't have known it looked like all of the you know, minute details look this way, but I wanted a sunken living room and I wanted cathedral ceilings and I wanted um, floor to ceiling, wall to wall windows all through the house and a lot, you know, everything. And um, so it's just kind of funny how that can happen, right? And and that is one of the keys, too, to manifesting is to release any attachment to the outcomes when we're just gripping so tight to, please make this happen, please make this happen, please make this happen. It, it really is a gesture of not trusting God, right? When we're saying, please, 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 because that's our way of saying, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if this is going to happen. So we have to kind of set and forget it. But, um, yeah, to, to your question before as well, I was just thinking this morning I went and did Taekwondo and I've been moving, I take privately and I've been moving through these belt levels very quickly because of course I'm doing it privately. But every time I learn this new routine, my brain says, Oh, I don't know if you can do this. I know you figured out all the other ones, but I don't know if you can do this one. This one's hard. This one's probably too hard for you. Maybe you could just stop here. Maybe this is the belt you should stop at. I don't know if you're going to make it past this belt, right? It just goes on and on. And it's kind of funny, but to the point around the gratitude statements and writing out mantras, in the beginning, of course they feel fake. And of course they feel like there's no embodiment of them, right? They feel foreign. They feel like, I don't really mean what I'm saying. I guarantee, just like with Taekwondo, the more you practice, the more they start to feel natural. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a minute, things are flowing. Oh, wow, look at that. Things are showing up. So we kind of have to be good actors in the beginning, right? And and pretend and try and convince our brain that we believe these statements to be true. But the more we practice them, I guarantee the more they will, you know, come to fruition. 
So share with our listeners either your own story or somebody who you've coached over the years about how they move from a scarcity mindset to uh, an abundance mindset and what that looked like for them. Mm. The kind of steps in between. Or... Absolutely. Well, to your point around it's it's not just money that we have poverty consciousness. I have a client who's a seven-figure business owner. And she hired me a few years ago because she was really struggling breaking through that seven-figure mark. And it's not about the seven figures, by the way. It's always about who we become on the journey. It's not about that people get so attached to the numbers. They just know that something has to shift within them internally in order to go from making high six figures to seven figures. So she was okay with money. Uh, She would make a lot of money, but she'd also spend a lot of money. And one of her big mantras was, I don't have enough time. (laughs) Like she really, really energized this. She was very attached to that story. Like I could have written a song for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and her national anthem because it was so, she just used it for everything. And it was a protection mechanism, right? Anytime she got scared, anytime she was afraid that people were going to require more of her than she felt she could deliver, or anytime she felt, you know, we have those feelings of feeling incompetent or maybe I'm not the right person for this or any of those things, she would instantly throw up the I'm too busy flag. And that kept her really safe. But as you know, how we do anything is how we do everything. We've heard that statement before. And so how we do money is how we do time. It's how we do relationships. I'm not saying it's an exact replica, but uh, we're in relationship with money. So whatever our relationship patterns are will play out all the time with money. And one of the benefits of being too busy with people that use that as a really strong, you know, mantra is that it keeps them safe. It keeps people away because people go, oh, well, this person is so busy. I don't want to bother them. Mm. I better not ask for any more because they're too busy. I don't want to stress them out or I don't want them to dislike me or I don't want them to X. And uh, people who are busy know that, right? So it gives them permission to create space. What they're really craving is space. And what they're really craving is expansion. They just don't know how, how to go about it because they're still stuck in, I've got to create busy work, right? Busy people really go out of their way to create more busyness, right? And I know that as a recovering um, adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. as someone that had adrenal fatigue and worked long hours and did a lot of stuff, I get it. And, uh, but anyway, so we had to really nip that time thing in the bud. And as soon as we did that, poof, all of a sudden, she's at $2 million a year now because she eliminated that story. It still creeps up every so often. And every time she goes to up level, of course, our monkeys want to show up when we say we're ready to go to the next level. They're like, okay, we're coming with you. And we're going (laughs) to chatter in your ear. (laughs) But at least it's not gripping her because she knew it was an issue. She just didn't know how to get around it. And we really had to... Do some practical stuff, like what what do we need to start saying no to? What do we need to start delegating? Things like that. But we really needed to start changing the story. And she had to be writing out, you know, state gratitude statements of I'm so grateful that I have more than enough time to take care of myself. And I'm so grateful I have more than enough time to be present with my daughter. And all of the things that she was saying she was too busy for, we had to literally do a flip and write it out in, as the exact opposite of what she was telling herself. Well, you know, you mentioned relationship with money. So I'm going to talk about relationships. Uh, do you believe that there's a scarcity mentality in the area of attracting 
your soulmate. Uh, the reason I asked that question, mm -hmm. because, you know, mm -hmm. Meghan Markle just married Prince Harry. And I was with a group of ladies because I went to a I went to that early a.m. Uh, wedding party thing. And it was like, oh, OK, OK, I have to be there at what time? 6 a.m. <laughs> we all had on our hats and I heard somebody say, oh, that's just a fairy tale that could never happen to me. So so hmm. do you feel that there is a scarcity mentality or mindset about re relationships or your soulmate or having that rich love in your hmm. life? I I do. That's actually a great question. Uh, and oftentimes, by the way, people will find out their relationship, uh, what do I want to call them, like nigglies, right? Those niggly boos we get in our brain, mm -hmm. the monkey mind stuff, they'll see it play out with money because oftentimes that romantic relationship pattern gets overlaid on top of money. Like, you know, how come they're always showing up, but they're never really there for me? Or how come whenever I ask ask my partner, quote unquote, to be around, they just never seem to stay or stay long enough, you know, those kind of things. But um, yeah, between the conditioning we get about fairy tales when we're three and four years old, we're having fairy tales read to us typically at bedtime. That's when our theta brainwaves are very active. So that means that that's when our subconscious is very, very, very susceptible to being programmed. And think about if you are of a different um, sexual orientation or anything where it says a man must be with a woman, right? You're getting programmed to believe this is your ideal. If you don't grow up to be like Cinderella, for example, and you don't look exactly like Cinderella, then you're not a normal human being. Then we're usually subjected to things like soap operas or reality TV or things like that that, again, program us to say, See, you're probably never going to find the right one because even in fairy tales on TV, it never works out. Someone's always unfaithful or someone always dies. I'm probably going to lose this partner some way anyway, so why put myself out there? And anytime people are saying, oh, it's too good to be true, what they're really saying behind that is I'm scared. I'm scared of being hurt. I'm scared of being open and vulnerable. I don't know if I'll survive finding the one and then having them disappear on me. So I'm just going to stay in my bubble because although I'm sad in my bubble, at least I feel safe. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great insight, Jennifer. Wow. So, so how can listeners begin to create a money vision? I know a lot of people have vision boards. What's your thinking around that and how does that attract <laughs> money to you? You know, it's funny with vision boards, I used to do them a lot more and I like them because you're thinking about what you're wanting to create, you're seeing it, you're feeling it, and then you're, you're tactically putting it on a piece of paper, right? And gluing it. There's a real engagement in creating a vision board because you're really invested in it, right? You're very present to what you're wanting. And I believe that's actually why vision boards often come true, not because you keep staring at it. I like to create vision books because I'm crazy like that. <laughs> Like I like to buy duotangs and have one for my personal life and one for my business. And I know that may sound like a lot of work, but what I'll do is I'll go to like a dollar store or, you know, if I have paper lying around, that's different. And I'll buy colored paper. So I'll buy like lime green and orange and fuchsia and turquoise, things that just pop, right? And, and I feel like a positive you know, like uplifting vibe to them and then I'll find images of what I want to create and I'll glue them on there and I mm. I shove the um that's in so nice I will insert <laughs> the paper inside those clear duotang you know like page thingies that you can get mm -hmm. I hope I'm explaining this properly and um 
that's what I did with my divine life partner. That's what I've done for my income boosts and for real estate and all kinds of things. So I'll, I'll just put images in there and I'll also write little notes beside it of when it's happening. And that way I flip through my books every morning. That's just easier for me. It's, Mm -hmm. it feels more engaged and I have a lot of ideas and have a lot of things I want to create. So a vision board typically isn't big enough and I don't really want like a wall sized (laughs) mural in my office Mm -hmm. of all kinds of little pictures of me at the beach and (laughs) things like that. So that's what I do. Uh, but that's just me personally. And, uh, but whatever works for folks, right? Like we know that the brain needs to, we need to feel the feelings of what we want to create. Because as soon as we do that, the brain doesn't recognize the difference between what's, uh, what's a perceived feeling and what's a real feeling. And it will just respond accordingly. The other thing about feelings too, and I say this a lot with my clients, so this is a little more of an advanced manifestation tip is I will say, okay, well, how do you, you know, okay, so fine, you want a Mercedes. Why do you want the Mercedes? Well, because it's nice. Okay, but what? how are you going to feel when you're driving the Mercedes? And they'll say, well, I'll feel wealthy and I'll feel successful and I'll feel, you know, um, like I've made it. And I'll say, okay, well, then I want you to start focusing on I'm, you know, I'm wealthy, <laughs> I'm successful, and I want you to start writing out those mantras so that not only can your ideal car show up, but anything else that vibrates at that same energy frequency that we talked about that matches the wealthy, successful, I've made it feeling, then anything that can uh, match that energy will show up. So that way that's more abundant than just saying my only way to feel this way is through having a Mercedes. I love that. I love that. And so lastly, let's talk about God, because at the beginning, you said that one thing that you had to learn to do was allow God to help you. What did you say and Mm -hmm. explain the role of God in attracting money into our lives? Oh, boy, (laughs) we're going deep here. Well, I, you know, as a recovering lone wolf, I've always known that God is there for me and I've had way too many experiences, even as a very young child, to deny that God is present. I'm very aware that God is present and in our humanness, it's still very easy to buy into illusions that maybe God's not there or maybe other people's prayers are more important than mine or maybe, 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 right? And we just have all kinds of stories that are at play all the time. And um, so one of mine was that it's, you know, I'm, I'm alone and I'm meant to do things on my own here. And uh, so I was a recovering lone wolf, I call it, right? Where it's either just easier or quicker or safer to do things on my own. And that worked, barely worked, by the way, for a period of time until it didn't work anymore. I just got so burnt out that I really had no choice but to ask for help because the next step probably would have been some sort of health condition. Mm-hmm. And when I asked for help and I realized, oh, help actually is there for me when we allow in the right support, right? When we trust our intuition and, and feel into whether this person, for example, whether this mentor, whoever feels right for us, then I started doing more and more of that. So now it's just a natural part of my my being to call in support through physical form. But every day I write out um, letters to God, dear God, I'm grateful for this. And I literally write out two or three pages of everything I'm grateful for. And then I get really specific and I call these gratitude statements. I'll say, I'm grateful to God for 
I'm just going to make something up for um, instantly bringing me five new ideal clients that I just love and adore and can't wait to serve. Mm-hmm. I feel um, I feel fulfilled and I feel of service when God brings me this uh, request. So I write it as though it's already happening, but I'm always writing to God. And that works for me. Things show up all the time when I do that. And if ever I have an interruption in my routine, and we all have those, right, where all of a sudden we're not drinking water and when we're used to it or we forget to wash our face at night or all those things, right? Whenever I get out of the routine, I can notice a dramatic difference in how I feel and the kind of things that are bothering me or not bothering me or things like that. When I get back on the God train, right? mm-hmm. the gravy train, and I just start writing out and being grateful, uh, things just flow a lot more easily. That, that's just my process, right? We can Powerful. just talk to God. Powerful. We, let's just use just what happened. Now, we were trying to uh, record the show and... And um, Jennifer was having some technical difficulties that so we were going back and forth uh, in email. And I sent her an email. And when I sent it, I felt like spirit. And so when I say spirit or God, I'm just saying to the listeners, it's just uh, just an intuition that I got on the inside because I said, wow, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get an opportunity. And as soon as I said it, the spirit said, that's lack. Don't say disappointed. Mm. And I checked myself. And then I, <laughs> I, I, I must have got slept by the, the spirit or something. And then I resent another email that said all things in divine order. That's exactly what I said, because I realized that uh, that you know, it's the language of abundance and lack that's, that's so important. And so you, you're just a gift to the world, Jennifer. I really like you and uh, <laughs> I, I love your spirit. So tell listeners about your website. How can they get you? What if they're interested in coaching? What kind of services do you offer, et cetera? <laughs> well, I like you too, Constance. <laughs> well, thanks for asking that. My website is uh, www.souljourneys.ca. I'm really hoping for a new website reveal soon because it's really pretty, but the one I have right now, not so much. So I know you're all going to go and check out the, the not so great ones. So you can then go back and check the great ones. <laughs> uh, but I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I actually have a group called the purpose posse and I run a lot of different fun, you know, free challenges in there on how to be more abundant or how to live your purpose and things like that. And as you mentioned, I have a book called heal your money star. I have, several other books on Amazon that you can find Heal Your Money Story on Amazon. And uh, that was born from all of the folks that kept telling me their money pains. And I get it because I was there too, right? I had all kinds of stories about why I could with my purpose and not having enough money was one of them. And I'm not saying you need money to live your purpose. Of course, we're purposeful every day, just being who we are and just sharing our, our gifts with the world, right? Is, is more than enough. And money, um, oftentimes makes the sharing of that a lot easier. It allows us to have the resources available to reach even more people. So that's kind of that in a nutshell. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I love what Les Brown says. He said, everybody say money is not important, but it's right up there with oxygen. So, you know, (laughs) you know, we were created for abundance. And like you like you said, Jennifer, you know, you can be very philanthropic when you have your needs met and you're able to bless and and help others. And uh, just so grateful for your gift and who you are and for sharing with listeners all over the world today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being here. Well, okay, everybody, make sure you visit Jennifer's website. And as I say every week, you may not know it or feel it, but the love of God, the grace of God surrounds you. And of course, you know that I'm crazy about you and that I love, believe in you and adore you. And as I say every week, just begin to think and say something good is going to happen to me and through me this week. Make it a great week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.